Welcome to The Grap Up, your monthly blast of cold takes on the world of professional wrestling. Available everywhere good podcasts are sold. I am the Intrepid Traveller, I am Mark Robinson, and with me is the editor over at The Wrestling Observer. He is Brian Rose. I feel like the editor isn't giving you enough credit for, I'm guessing, the, <laughs> I know you do like video production content as well. So like, is there like an uh, official yeah. I should know from now on? Is it just editor or is there more to it than that? It's just editor. <laughs> Okay. I, I edit stuff on the front page. I do YouTube posts. I uh, sometimes do Twitter. I, I I do a lot of stuff. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, pretty much. But your services are, um, you know, I, I I very much enjoy your content. And uh, thank you. Hey, you know, every day, like on YouTube, I'm getting uh, recommendations for the Wrestling Observer video clips and whatnot. So your uh, you you. Your job it's is working. being noticed. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing this month? How's how's October for you? Uh, October's been pretty good. Just a lot of work and a lot of wrestling. I, I was doing my star ratings last night, and there is so much, so much good wrestling every week. It's it's kind of insane and and pretty hard to choose. Like, what was the best match of the month? I think I gave like two matches in October five stars, oh. which is something I don't do that often. So, I mean, when you look at it like that, it was a great month for wrestling. I I have had the five-star fear this year. I think I've only given one match five stars so far, um, but there's a couple Mine's of matches. like three or four. I, I had to go back to a couple because I know that I gave the first FTR Briscoes four, seven, five, or four Ooh. and three quarters. I get five. And I, yeah, I, I think most people have gone five and out, and I'm definitely going to go back and... Um, and give it a rewatch to see for myself. I know some people were given one of the matches we'll talk about tonight, uh, five stars as well, but uh, I think I only went four and a half, but we will get to that. Um, most importantly, Brian, I want to find out, like, because as we were talking about on uh, on Link to the Cast last week, but do you do Halloween? How is Halloween for you and the fam? Like, are there any traditions or is it, are you so, I for me, like, when I think of you and where you live, I just think that you live in the desert, and I'm sure it's not exactly like that. So, oh, you do? Okay. All right. So I, I, imagine I pretty Halloween, much do. I imagine Halloween isn't like, you know, the kids are all coming around to pick up candy and whatnot. You know what? It used to be that kids used to come over all the time, but the last two years, I don't know if it's because of COVID or, or what, but it's like, kids don't come over anymore. I, I got candy, and I had it set out, and nobody came. So, I mean, I, I ended up eating all the candy. So it, it works in that sense. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know why, but kids just avoid this area for some reason now. I don't know why. I guess, I guess maybe another neighborhood has, has better candy or whatever. But, no, that, that it used to be that kids used to come here all the time. And, you know, we give them candy. But now it's like, no. it's They have vanished. I don't know where to, but... Not here. I, I imagine COVID probably does play a part in it. I'm quite fortunate probably. that I live in a, in a gated apartment complex. Um, and so because I'm in a flat, uh, unless the kids are going to, you know, buzz up to try and get us to come down, which never happens, yeah. uh, we, we have it kind of fairly good. It's fairly quiet here because I don't want to deal with kids. I don't want to deal with like fat. I'm too old uh, for that kind of stuff now. And plus, the, the, the peak hours would be during Raw, and I'm like kind of focused on Raw. I suppose I that don't want to yeah. like to do the work. I mean, if it, I if I didn't have to watch Raw, I probably wouldn't. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of busy focusing on work, and it's like I hope the kids will come over drink this time, and then I got my wish. 
So, yeah, it so worked that worked out, out well for me. Year, at least. Yeah. yeah. What um most importantly as well, what have you been playing over the last month? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Persona Five Royal. For this is uh, on Xbox. Game Pass. Yeah. Yes, Game Pass, and I have I I beat Persona Five back in 2016. And I thought it was very cool, like one of the most stylish games ever, like the most stylish uh, uh, UI I I have ever seen. It's it's really cool and it's really hip. Uh, I kind of like Persona Four more. I I, I I guess I just like the characters and setting more than than Five. But Five is is pretty good. It, it's uh, very enjoyable, very uh, long. I, I I barely like in the third area, and I've been spending like. 30 hours into the game so far. So it's a, I still have a long ways to go and there's still a lot of things to do and there's a lot of things to do, but uh, I, I, yeah, that's a very fun RPG series and I'm looking forward to playing four again when that comes out, I think in January and one, uh, three, I've never played three. So I'm going to play that uh, when it comes out. I think also in January. I think they come out on the same day or something. Yeah, I think there's like a bundle of them coming out. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's currently thick in the neck with Elden Ring, the idea of jumping into like another 100 hour plus game at the moment is is a horrifying thought. Yeah. So I'm desperately just I, clutching I it. I did like... buy Elden Ring because I knew it was going to come up in Game of the Year discussions and stuff. So I went and bought it and then i played like 30 minutes and i immediately realized it's not for me at all because <laughs> i just kept dying and it wasn't yeah. fun for me so i'm like i i you know what to people who play elden ring good for you I, i'm sure for you it was a very enjoyable experience i'm sure it's going to win a lot of game of the year awards it's not for me i like games where i can set it to casual and just have a nice time. I I don't want to die a lot. I I don't want to feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> so I, uh, I I I avoid those kind of games. I spent the first two hours playing on stream, uh, and I had friend of the show Sean McGee basically guide me uh, yeah. f- through the first two hours because I'd have had no idea what I didn't even know how to run. I, I just um, roamed around and I kept getting killed by like a really large ogre character, like by the yeah, ocean or something. Yep, yep, I know exactly I, I, the one. <laughs> it's I'm like, why? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to train? How am I supposed to like get past this giant ogre by the ocean? And I yeah. never figured that out, and I stopped yeah, yeah. caring enough to figure it out. Well, speaking of things that I've stopped caring about, um, I guess we'll jump into WWE, and wow. um, I, I guess uh, they're gonna. I don't Sorry. think it's that bad. I I don't know. I. Uh, North American wrestling over the past month, there's been a few bits and pieces here and there, but for the most yeah. part, um, a lot on on the, the kind of big two American companies I've not cared for the, this month. But the we will the get weird to it. thing about it is, is that WWE kind of has momentum, at least in terms of people going to shows and stuff. And, and something happened this summer. It was like kind of before or kind of after uh, May with a double or nothing it just all of a sudden wwe started gaining momentum and this was even kind of before vince mcmahon got fired or, or resigned or whatever and AEW's momentum has just kind of been down like their shows are still good and there it's probably dynamite's probably still the best tv show of the year i don't think there's even really any contest about that one but um 
I don't know. It's just like I used to look way more forward to these AEW shows and the build used to be so much better. And now they're kind of not. And WWE is kind of better. But I'm looking at this Crown Jewel show this weekend and it's not like anything's really lighting my world on fire. It's it's probably going to be like a good show, but I, I don't know. It's just like nothing is setting my world on fire. I mean, I don't think there's ever been an out and outright good Crown Jewel show. Uh, the uh, one last year was, was, I think. Last year's had the Hell in a Cell with Edge and Seth Rollins, which was that was really the, good. Yeah, which was a very, very good match. That's the one thing yeah. that I can remember from that show. But by and large, Crown Jewel. Uh, yeah, mostly yeah, these are just pretty. You know, I, I, I don't know. Pain, well, painful, but painless painful. in the fact that they don't last that long they tend the one to be last year was better than the other shows with like yeah. Shawn michaels coming back and having a sad match we don't speak Goldberg of that and, we we don't and, speak uh, of that that never happened over again undertaker having a really bad we don't match. speak of that that yeah. never happened <laughs> that's like our, yeah. one of our third most watched videos of all time uh, dave and brian God. talking about Goldberg and the undertaker yeah i tell you actually do you know what i want to stick with I, I know i said wwe but i think i want to stick with aew first because okay I want to talk about the fact that, like, for me, and, and there does seem to be a, a kind of consensus to this at the moment that, and it's got nothing to do with, like, the momentum that WWE has, but just purely my interest in AEW over the last month, really since the fallout of All Out, um, my interest in a lot of the things that the company are doing and the storyline directions they're going in and the people that they're bringing in, let's talk about last <laughs> fucking night's, uh, uh series of events but there's just a lot of small things they're doing where there's this kind of death by a thousand cuts sort of feeling where there's not like this one big thing that's kind of killing my interest but there's all these little things that i'm just like i just i don't have time for this and while i think that the overall kind of core direction with the whole mjf and john moxley thing is is very much compelling primarily on the basis of what mjf is doing um otherwise kind of up and down the card there's not really much else that is particularly engaging me because i have a a poor storyline direction a storyline that's been dragging on forever or just characters and wrestlers doing things that I just don't want to see in AEW, aka the yeah. Swerve Strickland nonsense from Rampage on last week. And so I, I want to check. I thank you because I got people mad at me because I didn't like the idea of a live kidnapping on TV and torture on TV. Uh, I really a, got people upset a, at me about that. That's a very reasonable thing to not want yeah. in your wrestling. Like, I, I don't want to see that. I'm sorry, people. So like, I why, just. Why would I want to see that? <laughs> I just want to like check, get a temperature check with the room and just find out, am I completely mad or am I onto something here where I feel like just, I, I don't think it's exactly momentum, but just the, the kind of temperature with AEW has cooled off quite a bit since All Out. Yeah. I kind of think it was kind of before that. I kind of thought like the build to Forbidden Door and you know, kind of the build to All Out was kind of not as strong as previous years. But this built a full uh, for uh was it full gear full gear yeah a full gear I mean it's like okay MGF and uh, John Moxley is compelling because MGF is one of the best promos in pro wrestling right now and I don't think it's even remotely close 
Uh, he is a very compelling character, and he should very much win the title for Moxley at the show. Uh, but everything else, it kind of feels like I kind of don't want to see this. I don't want to see Swerve and, and Lee versus the Acclaim for the 40th, 40th time. I kind of want to see the Acclaim in FTR, which they, they kind of like got themselves out of doing last week when uh, Swerve and, and, and Lee won the match against them on Rampage, I think. And then, I, I mean, I can't even remember what else is is. Is they're kind of cheesing for that show. <coughs> well, there's like there's the ongoing uh, Jericho Ring of Honor stuff, and there's aspects of it that I think are uh, decent in terms of like, <coughs> hey, you, you need to do this kind of one week storyline with Dalton Castle, and so they, you know, they had a bit of a backstory there. That's fine, no issue with that. But are but, they calling that for full gear for Final Battle? Uh, you would th- well, you would think they're going to have Jericho on Final Battle. That would yeah. be um, the the kind of logical thing. And you know, in the long run, I expect that it will pay off in terms of hey, you have Jericho on Final Battle. That gives it a bunch of interest. Uh, you would think that that will be one of the like. I mean, you know, pretty much every Ring of Honor pay per view in the Tony Khan period has been up there in like most successful in terms of buys. You think Final Battle will hit that as well? But the kind of week-to-week notes of it, I'm, I'm kind of done with this whole Blackpool Combat Club um, Jericho operation. So, like, this thing has been going on for about... <coughs> it's been dragging on for a long about time. About six months now, you know? Like, I'm ready to fucking move on to, to the next thing. Yeah. And, like, as much as, um, as much as I appreciate Jericho and absolutely think in terms of, you know, the idea of him reinventing himself, in terms of keeping himself interesting... There are none that have done it better than Jericho, but like I'm kind of at that. I go through periods with Jericho where I'm like, all right, I'm fucking done with you for a while. And I've had this with him in in AEW. Like this is not the first time I've got to this point, but I'm very much at that point with him again. And I just, if Final Battle is like the end destination for whatever this storyline is, I just want to fucking get there already. Yeah. You know, my thing is that I always thought it should be Danielson beating Jericho for the title. But now I kind of I kind of remember like the the full, the graphics so far for Final Battle is Samoa Joe like they featured Samoa Joe on those graphics, so I'm kind of wondering like if they're going to have Jericho versus Danielson again at full gear for the Ring of Honor title and Danielson wins, then they go on to maybe Danielson and Garcia at like Final Battle. Um, I I would I could see potentially they've got Samoa Joe on the the Ring of Honor graphics a to keep you guessing, but yeah. also because Samoa Joe is you know synonymous with Ring of Honor, so it's probably better to have him in the graphics for that than Jericho, who's you know the whole point of his the storyline is that he is trying to destroy Ring of Honor. So I think just from a storyline perspective, it makes more sense that way. Possibly they could do that thing where. Danielson wins it at, at um, full gear, but I think the storyline plays out better if you keep that for um, for final battle. And considering Garcia is still the pure champ anyway, I don't think yeah, it needs true. to be like a dual title thing for that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I guess I'd forgotten that final battle is a thing that is coming up um, yeah. in December. Where is it? Where is it from this year? It's not in New York, is it? Uh, Texas. Somewhere yes, that well known <laughs> classic <laughs> Ring of Honor destination. Somewhere Texas. in Texas. Yeah, I think right. I think Impact used to run that arena. I forget the name. 
but I know Impact's run it recently. So it, it, it's a smaller building. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can I, look I, it up. Like Ring of Honor, uh, like Final Battle is so synonymous with like the, the Northeastern area. So it's kind yeah. of, it's jarring to think that it'll be in Texas this year. But I mean, sure, why not? Like under Tony Khan, they've got the stroke to pull it off, I guess, at this time. Yeah, uh, it's going to be at College Park Center in Arlington, Texas. Okay, do you know it's what the, the, the... That's an ROH stronghold. It's, it's it's not. No, do you know what the capacity set up for that is? Uh, let's see. It says 7,000. They're not going to 7, get 7,000 for Ring of Honor. No. I mean, if they, if they get half that, then they're laughing. That's still a stretch. I've seen those recent AEW ticket numbers themselves and i don't know how ring of honor will do uh, i suppose but yeah like and that's another thing as well i guess just i've seen some of the crowds in, for these aew shows over october and it's like there are a lot of blacked out sections and yeah. for the most part i can kind of look past it and as long as the crowds are hot and the crowds are still prime quite hot but sometimes the way that they've kind of shot these shows it, it makes like the one thing that you can always give wwe is regardless of like how bad the crowd is they can shoot those shows and those crowds in a way that you wouldn't even think it like the way SummerSlam was shot and that was what like a half fucking field capacity stadium you would have never guessed it you know it's true and it it, very much about these these uh the way to, to shoot these shows is to make sure like you get everybody in the shot and you make it look like there's a bunch of people there because sometimes, you know, you're getting like 2,400 people, which I think is what AW got yesterday in Baltimore, which is very low. And, uh, you, you know, despite that though, the, the crowd last night on dynamite was pretty hot and, uh, it, you know, everybody was loud. So I, I, it, it's not like a, a really bad thing to have like small crowds, but I mean, I think they had like more than half of that, like 4,800 or something a few months ago or earlier this year. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the argument isn't a great the, sign. I, I guess the thing you'd have to look at, and I I don't know the, the touring schedules of both AEW and WWE, but you do kind of wonder is like, okay, are they running certain towns too often? Or is it just that the, the current like crop of storylines aren't engaging? Like, I've got to be honest. While I was just talking there about how hot these crowds still are, the uh, the reveal of Cole Carter got probably, quite possibly, <laughs> the, the, the the most minimal uh, reaction or pop in terms of there was no fucking pop. Nobody knows um, two dimes. I had Nobody. no idea who that was. I had no fucking clue. I thought that it was... I, even, I, thought I even first saying two dimes. People probably won't even know who two dimes is. I can just about tell you who two dimes is. Um... But yeah, to, and, and again, this is the other thing as well. Like there's this, there is a little bit of like later era WCW creeping or TNA creeping yeah. into, sorry, Garrett, uh, creeping into the storylines and, and the overall flow of these shows where it's like, okay, we've just had Cole Carter, which got no reaction. All right, now we've got Jeff Jarrett in the same fucking stable appearing. And it's like sensory overload. And what are we doing here? TK, you know better than this. What are you doing? Garrett's not going to like me later when we talk about Bound for Glory because I have a take there. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I mean, that, I, I, the Jared thing was kind of weird. I, I didn't like it. Um, I don't know. If it's just like a one-time thing or one-time storyline where it's like, 
it's Sting and Jarrett on the opposite sides of a of the ring for a match at full gear, fine. But Jarrett's going to be like a weekly character, and he doesn't put anybody over. That then it's like, you might as well bring in Bully Ray and these other guys who, you know, want to help people. But I don't know, you know, you, you know. Like yeah. I, I still think about what happened earlier this year at GCW when Jeff Jarrett did not put over Effie at all. No, he did um, not. He did not. But hey, GCW are on fight now. They're flying. They they can get past that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean that that's an interesting deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. I'm kind of like, okay. I mean, Jarrett's like a fun promo, and you you kind of have to admire the fact that he's been all over pro wrestling in 2022. Jarrett always wins. Yeah, which, which says a lot about how how he maneuvers around him. He's he's very good at doing that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not like sold on Jeff Jarrett in AEW, and and it's like too bad for me because he's now like uh, head of live events or or something some, something similar to his role in WWE before he he left there. Well, and like in fairness, in terms of that like aspect of this, sure makes sense. Here's a guy with over what like 30, 35 years of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, knows the game back to front and. Well, actually, no, no. Actually, let's just keep him as far away from creative as possible. But <laughs> in terms of that aspect of it, like, yeah, he's probably quite smart to bring in. And I don't know. I guess maybe there is, like, he is still uh, has a has a character, has a gimmick, has a presence. You can probably do something with him as a mouthpiece. But I, I think that there's, like, such a, a bombardment of, of, like, different things going on with the company at the moment that it's veering so close into that bad era of, of TNA, bad era of WCW territory that it's like, and, and Jeff Jarrett is kind of front and center at both of those bad periods of both of those companies. So it's like, Oh, we're, we're flying a little bit too close to the sun this time, you know? Yeah, that's, that is true. He was there during the Russo era. Cause uh, he, he, he and Russo, Man, they were a team for a few years, both in WCW and then in TNA. So yeah, I, I mean, I do have memories of that, and that none of them were that positive. So I, I'm hoping that this isn't like like that. I hope this isn't the catalyst for Vince Russo to come in, which I, I don't think is is not happening at all. But I don't know. Do you do you, do you have anything uh, positive? Any matches or anything for AEW this month? Because I looked at my star ratings and I don't have a single match to talk really? about this month, which is the first time this year that's happened. Uh, there's been some for AEW. Let me look at my list real quick. Uh, Pac versus Trent Beretta. Orange Cassie versus Pac. Uh, Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara had a good match last week. But yeah, actually, like, uh, or there's also a trios, the trios title match to... Or the vacated titles. I thought that was very good. But yeah, there's nothing on. Actually, there wasn't anything on AEW this month that was like really, really strong. Like my match of the month is not in AEW. No. Uh, so which Absolutely is not. kind of not. Which is kind of not the usual. Usually yeah. there, there's like one or, or two matches that are like really top notch. And this month, for whatever reason, there wasn't like anything like really strong on Dynamite. Yeah, and I wonder as well, because there's a couple of matches there that you could make the case uh, uh, verge around that four-star territory, but I think that 
a combination of like no match has really grabbed me, even though there are some matches yeah. that may skirt around those four stars. Because of like my, my general like low ebb that I have with the company at the moment, I just I couldn't compel myself to to hit four stars. And I've actually, I've been yeah. quite picky this month with quite a few matches in in some companies. So maybe I'm just on a on a downswing with my wrestling fandom at the moment. And uh, AEW has felt the wrath of it, but it's also some of its own yeah. doing by not giving me the, the usual quality that they're known for. The thing is that the quality now is such a high standard; it's kind of there tough is that. to like do that consistently. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of four-star matches, and, you know, three, four years ago, seeing these kinds of four-star matches every week would have been super fun. But now it's like AEW has been on for, like, three years now, and there's always, almost always a good match every week, and now it's kind of like, yeah, these are all great matches, but am I going to remember them the next week? Probably not. I mean, it's not even um, it's not even like AEW. I mean, even WWE. I looked uh, uh, earlier. Actually, wait, no. I still have more matches rated higher in 2021. Uh, 2020, I had 13 matches rated four stars or higher in WWE, which was horrendous. Um, yeah. And <laughs> if I look at AEW, if I look at AEW, I had 28 in 2020. I had 36 in 2021, and I've got 35 in 2022. And we still got like november and december so they'll probably yeah. still be like last year for me but yeah october yeah, like, I mean, this month probably... it was a kind of a dry spell yeah it definitely was yeah um all right well we'll jump over to, to wwe then and uh of note the things to mention uh extreme rules was by and large terrible um what? outside of the opener i um, thought it was like the most okay show ever yeah well I, like like i can't say it's a good show at all i can't really say it's a bad show because of the opener but like i think you can still say like a show there. is bad even if it has a good opener yeah i mean that that halloween havoc show was horrendous uh in between but i like the, the opener and the main event i was gonna say it's interesting because i've seen some people like say that that was the worst show of the year and whatever and i i, I think that it started and it ended be. fine um, I, I mean, it might be, I, I'm sure there's like a triple A show that's like worse or whatever, but the, the ending, I, I so here's, the, I, I think I understand why the way I approach these shows is different to other people is because I don't really watch a lot of wrestling live and in the moment. Most of the wrestling that I watch, I pick and choose the things that I need to see. So, you know, while some people could tell me that Mandy Rose has had a terrible reign over her one year reign, I don't know because I've watched about three seconds collectively of that reign. That, because that I already like know it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, her and Toxic Attraction were invited to like a spooky house by Alba Fire. Yes. And so Toxic Attraction goes to the haunted house and they like, one of them gets stuck in a fridge and the other one, I think, it's stabbed off screen or something <laughs> like i don't know either way they're they're uh, like uh alba fire kidnaps mandy rose and takes her back to the arena where they have like a five minute match that wasn't that good then then a toxic track attraction comes out anyway and they distract uh alba fire and she gets pinned like horrendous cool <laughs> like what was the point of that it was I don't know. not good. 
I, like, I, I, you know, like uh, everyone was throwing roses over uh, Triple H and you know this kind of new creative regime, but um, there are so many elements over Raw, SmackDown, and NXT that are still like. I no, still no, think it's. I still think it's better than what we had better, before. But again, way better. Grading. Really, do I think we are grading on the lowest of curves? Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a curve, but like. I will still take this over Vince McMahon and the Maximum models where it's like he's having uh what's his name go out there and cutting this really weird promo, like going into intricate detail about the models bodies. Like I would take today's WWE over July WWE any day of the week. Yeah. But that I said, it's not, it's not like interesting or compelling. But, I mean, uh, the yeah. one thing I'll give to, to Vince is he knew that Karrion Cross was a bust and pushed him <laughs> to the kind of correct degree because uh, this this match with him and Drew, this strap match. He, I don't know. I don't know. I never been that high on Karrion Cross. I didn't think he had a good run in NXT. I don't think he's had a good run so far in WWE. I'm kind of hoping like this is the blow off between those two and McIntyre wins and they go back to the drawing board because i'm not sure i'm not sure about cross i think he's going to get a lot of uh chances because he's tall and he kind of has a cool entrance there's no he's not his entrance sucks his entrance is fucking lame all right fucking scarlet with her stupid little mind screaming fall and pray i hate i hate his entrance Uh, so goddamn much (laughs) it goes on forever it, it does go long, but uh, I mean it's it's compelling. Kinda. What it's no, it is not. No. It is not compelling. What no. I'm hoping for, right? What I'm hoping for <laughs> is that this kind of carrying cross push that we've had over the last couple of months. I'm hoping it's kind of similar to if you remember Vladimir Kozlov spent the the summer of <laughs> '08 or '09 being pushed as like this big force, yeah. and then the moment he had that first proper match. Uh, against Triple H, I think it was like Survivor Series or whatnot, and like yeah. the two of them stunk the joint up, and that was the end of the Kozlov push. Push, you know, but, basically but became like a Cross is way better that. than Kozlov. Hey, hey, Kozlov had a great match with the Undertaker. All right, I will really? say that much. But I then remember. Taker had a pretty good match with Festus as well. So I don't know. Taker was having a good period at the time. Um, I I don't know. I I think Cross, by and large, has been. I, I think he had like one half decent match or whatever you want to call it in blood sport one time uh but outside of this and you think as well like you know drew mcintyre has been one of the kind of stronger uh wrestlers in wwe over the last couple of years he didn't didn't have a great match at extreme rules no they did not so you know i I gotta put a bit of the blame on drew as well because like you know hey here's your chance to a kind of like make this guy and B, really kind of cement yourself as like one of the workhorses in the company. And you know from, if you listen to Drew, like he really prides himself on being as, as good a wrestler as he can be and being one of the, the yeah. kind of top wrestlers and stars in the company. But just, they just the two of them had fucking nothing. They had nothing in this match. No. So what are you going to do? It, it was just there. And, you know, you, you do bring up that Drew McIntyre has been one of the better wrestlers in WWE all, all year. And, you know, pretty much for the last few years. And he did not have a good match with with Karrion Cross here, which says a lot about Cross, because uh, not great. It's, it's very tough not to have like a great match with Drew McIntyre. 
Yeah, so I, I do wonder what the the kind of next plans for, for Cross will be because there was for a period of time there, you, you kind of saw the seas that they were going for uh, some sort of Cross-Roman match. But that seems to have like <laughs> gone way down the fucking totem pole if that is still a thing that they're planning to do at some yeah. point. Well, I guess they need um, something for Royal Rumble. I guess. I mean, you know, I imagine, I don't know if the, the whole Logan Paul thing came in at, at the last minute, so they put an NXN cross until that was done. Um, but either way, like, yeah, cross is just kind of vanished for the most part, which good, because I don't want to have to watch that stupid entrance anymore. Um, elsewhere on this show, um, all right. I had a lot of different differing opinions on the Finn Balor Edge match. And... Okay. I, I will say this. I think that the first 20 minutes 20 minutes of this 30-minute match were as fucking tedious and as drawn out as you've ever seen in a uh, in a WWE-style I Quit match. But the last 10 minutes, yeah, I was fine Super. with it. You know, they, they ramped good. up the melodrama. I liked how yeah. they involved Beth Phoenix. It made... Um, the Dark Order 2.0 look like a, a kind of menacing presence for once in the fucking six months they've been doing this Judgment Day angle, and uh, and it, it kind of like all right they've they've actually kind of figured this out here and they have a good excuse tonight edge on for a while and blah 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 and I you know I I actually think this turned out all right even though the first yeah. twenty minutes were horrendous yeah like like I I won't say that they are horrendous but like horrendous super Brian <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> No, that it was it was tedious, very tedious for like the first twenty minutes, and I thought, "Can we wrap this up?" They seem like they've been wrestling forever, and then they started to ramp things up, and like you said, the melodrama started to spike with Beth Phoenix coming out, and uh, you know Edge saying he quit, and then uh, Rhea Ripley giving uh, Beth Phoenix a concerto anyway. It was very good stuff, and it finally put a lot of heat on the Judgment Day because they've kind of been on and off for a while. They they lost a lot prior to this, so they they need affinity to win here, and he, and he did, which was good. And um, yes, I, I thought it was very compelling the, the the last few minutes, and I thought that would lead to a match at Saudi Arabia, but I guess not. I, I guess maybe for Survivor Series they they'll do something there with the. Judgment Day and, and Edge and Beth Phoenix. I guess they'll they'll kind of do something there with 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 those uh, people. But yeah, I mean, this was uh, I thought it was very compelling the last ten minutes. I thought thought this would be like one of the better matches of the show if they maybe cut down uh, this match by like ten minutes. I thought you would have had a way better match then. But they didn't, and it was still pretty good. And you know what saved it was the last like ten minutes, for sure. By far the best thing on the show uh, we mentioned earlier the uh, the opening match, the six man good old fashioned Donnybrook uh, between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, which um, you know we've had uh, Giovanni Vinci return and uh, a very very welcome uh, addition to Imperium to yeah. kind of make this whole the dynamics between this feud make sense by having three yeah. on three, and yeah, just just a, a, a fucking knockout brawl like Sheamus and and uh, Volta or Gunter still Volta, just you know one of the better feuds of the year because it's just two very large Definitely. men beating the shit out of each other, and uh, yeah, just good stuff here, you know, like fucking. 
this uh, this brawling brutes stable is is crazy over as a, as a babyface team, yeah. which is kind of wild. But like you know, anything is possible, and this is where we are. And I mean, Imperium are as like the kind of ultimate bad guys as you can get, really. So yeah, yeah, uh, just just good stuff all around here. It, it is kind of wild that the brawling brutes are like one of the most over babyfaces on SmackDown, or probably in WWE. I think what helps is that they just have really great matches, and you know, what resuscitated them was this feud with Gunther and, and Imperium. And uh, you know, Gunther and Sheamus had an incredible match at uh, at the Wales at the show in Wales, and then we had a match here, which was excellent. And then I think Sheamus and Gunther had a match like the day before or, or, or something, and that that was also a really good match. So this has been like a really, really great feud in ring wise, and really even outside the ring, it's it's been very compelling. Well, I'm using compelling too much, but um, it was it was really good. I, I I thought that was a great opener and absolutely the highlight of the show, uh, because there wasn't anything else that was as good as just uh, from bell to bell, as good as this. All right, I got two words for you, and I just want like your immediate like initial gut reaction to any to any aspect of this. Right, you ready? Okay. Bray Wyatt. You know that the 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 first two weeks was okay. Then on Friday, he, that Uncle Howdy stuff. Is like, are we going to see like two months of him feuding with himself? Is this this is what we're? This is like everything I don't like about. I mean, that's fine because it means he's not wrestling anyone else. That's what I said, and then the Uncle Howdy stuff happened. Yeah. Now I'm like, can he wrestle now? I I gotta say, what was what what was really jarring is that um, the first SmackDown he did after he returned. And he spoke for I don't know like ten minutes, and he was just speaking as himself. That was, that was I found that was it. I found it really jarring because I've been listening to this man for the last like ten odd years. He sounded lucid. He, he just he sounds. I, it's weird because he sounds like himself, but yes. to my ears, he doesn't sound like himself because he's been playing oh. this fucking you know like yeah uh, swamp wizard for the last ten years. He speaks some... in riddles all the time, and he's out here saying uh, how he loves the fans and everything, and it's like, okay, this isn't the normal Bray Wyatt promo. And I think what it is, is it's kind of similar to like the MJF thing, where if whenever MJF cuts a babyface promo, I can't buy it because I'm so ingrained. And I with MJF, though, I feel like that's part of the... He understands that, and he plays up to that, and he knows yeah. what he's doing. But here... With Bray Wyatt, and I'm sure he was doing a very sincere promo, and he, you know, he made reference to to uh, Brody Lee and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I, I absolutely am, am confident that he is sincere in what he's saying, but I still couldn't buy it because of the ten years prior of what his yeah. character has been and how fucking goofy that character has gotten. Certainly in, over the last couple of years, when he came out and started doing that, my immediate thought was, okay, something's going to happen where. He just like I, I I don't know what was going to happen, but something is going to happen because he's coming out here and he's being like himself, and this isn't spooky or or you know something WWE wants him to be. He, they want him to be spooky, and then sure enough, I, I got cut out with some 
one of his masks saying something. I, I can't make out what the mask said, and then it just ended. It's like, okay. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but everything like that has come with this and this idea that he's going to feud with himself, I like, it you know, sounds dumb. It's it's the whole thing again where it's like, hey, you know, what? if he's going to be doing this, at least he's doing it in WWE and no one else has to deal with it. And the idea apparently that, you know, like he had had talks with AEW and I'm just again, I'm sitting here thinking, TK, what are you doing, my man? What What's going on? Like, do you need to take like a six month sabbatical? Just go chill out, go fucking watch Fulham play. Just do whatever else, <laughs> but do not do whatever it is that you're doing at the moment. Um, the so, thing you know, with Bray yeah. Wyatt is he's a very creative person and you kind of want creative people in pro wrestling as there's some aspects of what he's done in WWE that I kind of like. They're kind of out there and it's kind of cool. But there's a lot of stuff that I did not like. Like Randy Orton setting him on fire and everything involving Alexa Bliss being possessed or something. I, I don't know. For all the good stuff and creative stuff he's done, there's a, like way more of the bad stuff that I remember. Oh, and that WrestleMania match. I think it was this last year where it's uh, him and Randy Orton and they have this bizarre match and Alexa Bliss is like bleeding from the face like the Ultimate Warrior and uh, somebody gets pinned. I, forget, I think Wyatt got pinned. Keep I, in I mind, keep in mind, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton have had two matches at WrestleMania and both yeah. those matches are arguably Although they the were worst. awful. Are, are, yes. are, they were like the worst matches in Mania history. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's like the worst in history. I think the worst one's like... A blindfold there, match. Look, I'm sorry, but there are no redeeming qualities to either of those I matches. Which one. I forget. I forget the what only, I'm talking about. Yeah. The only redeeming the quality, match. the only redeeming quality to a Bray Wyatt Randy Orton WrestleMania match is the first one, and that was just in the promo package where Orton's standing outside the shed that's on fire doing his pose. That's the yeah, only good that, thing that came that's out of the It's it's that one, and one of them setting the other on fire. I think they both ended up setting each other on fire at one point. I mean, it's a Bray Wyatt feud. Someone's going to end up on fire. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm looking at this Crown Jewel card. And it's actually the first time that I've looked at the Crown Jewel card. Uh, card, um, And i completely forgotten about like the whole thing that Saudi Arabia is saying they felt they were going to be subject to a targeted attack by um, Iran. Could be. Uh, which is, you know, great fun. I'm sure people from yeah. the WWE that were, you know, looking forward to this trip to begin with, looked at that and went, "Fucking great! Can't wait to get <laughs> yeah. on that plane." Yeah, so, I, um, I mean, yeah. I, you you would think after being abducted by, uh, you know, or held hostage, excuse me, a lot of those people wouldn't want to go back. But I guess I I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, Iran uh, yesterday, uh, at time of this recording, denied the attack claim. So. Um, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Who I knows? We'll see what happens on Saturday. Russia said they weren't going to invade Ukraine. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's. Yeah, oh boy. Having enough timeline right now. Let's not go there. Um, yeah. So anyway, this card. Things of note for me looking at this, right? Uh, I think Usos and the Brawling Brutes. That could be a particularly interesting match. My issue, though, is. I don't think this crowd is going to give a shit about the Brawling Brutes, and I worry that the crowd is just going to die for this match. 
I'm yeah. With, with the, these crowds are kind of weird. Uh, I, the the ones for the last few shows weren't that good, but then the one last year was actually like really hot. Hmm. So I'm not really sure what we're gonna get here. Like if like, you had done if you had done this match in Cardiff. I think that you could have had like you know a show stealing yeah, match, but obviously, obviously Jimmy Uso can't Uso can't leave America, so you know what are yeah. you gonna do? Uh, or he can't at least get into the UK, I imagine. Is it? Can he not get into the UK? I, I know he can't get into Canada. I don't know uh, if it works I, the same I, way. I don't the think UK. it's yeah. I th- maybe maybe I don't know. I'm not sure why he would be able to come here, but not in the other countries. Like I guess it's different regulations or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, Saudi Arabia have brought him in anyway. So, um, yeah, I I feel like this could be a good match, but I just worry that the crowd is not going to be there for for the brutes. Um, yeah. And I'd expect the Usos retain, like, kind of with them and Roman. It's yeah. like you might as well just keep them the belts with on them. Them until, and Roman, it's going to be know? through WrestleMania at least. Yeah. They're not losing their titles. Uh, Bianca Belair is um, defending again against Bailey. After what I felt was a fairly underwhelming ladder match, uh, Extreme Rules, um, I feel like a last woman standing match at least has a little bit more potential to uh, kind of work because you know you don't have to worry about Bailey having to climb a ladder. But I still yeah. feel like uh, I'm kind of done with last man standing or last woman standing matches. So I'm not saying I'm looking forward to this. And again, I kind of worry about the crowd and how they feel about this. I think it'll be a lot better than the ladder match, which which wasn't a bad match anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like they are much better off just having a regular singles match. But for whatever reason, they haven't done that, at least for the title. So we're getting this, which, you know, I think it could be a good match. It'll probably depend largely on the crowd. But they're going to work really hard and probably have a very good match, regardless. I would very much expect that they will be motivated to have as good yeah. of a match as possible. Definitely, that goes without saying. I did not realize Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross were wrestling in a steel cage. Oh my fucking yeah, Christ! I'm not. I'm not having high hopes for that. <sighs> I don't have high hopes for that. I. I mean. I didn't think their match last month was good, and then still cage matches in WWE have not been great recently. I can't even remember the last great steel cage match, really. I can't I can't see how how considering that strap match that you basically make the confines even narrower for them. Oh, this could be really rough. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not feeling it. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Um, now, I enjoyed their match at the Rumble, even though Lashley nearly had his neck broken. Um, but you know, this is kind oh, of what yeah, you get. Yeah. This is what you get with Brock Lesnar—just pure chaos for about six minutes. Um, I, I can't see this being like a particularly long match. I don't think that would work to the strength of either of the either of these men. But I think that if you get Brock in there, matches don't go long. Well, if you get like in there, seven or eight minutes and just fucking go hell for leather two big meaty men slapping me i think you should yeah. be all right here yeah yeah i agree just have a quick seven minute match just do everything and i think it'll be very good like that anything else i'm not too sure of the question though is how do you go with the booking of this because 
Brock is Brock, you know, like he has the aura that's never going anywhere. Um, though, like this year, in terms of his win loss record, it's not particularly great. Bobby Lashley is surprising. I don't even know surprisingly, but he's one of the more kind of over wrestlers on the roster, and he's just lost the uh, the United States title. And yeah. I don't know if they're setting up that they want to, you know, maybe do a, a Roman match, like to feed to Roman before Mania or whatever, but. I feel like losing the United States title and then losing to Brock kills all any momentum that he currently has. Um, so I don't yeah. know how you, you book this one. I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of finish that where they kind of protect Lashley, but I don't see him winning. I, I see Brock getting his, his win uh, because it's, it's Brock Lesnar. Uh, but I'm not sure how you do the finish without making Bra- making a Bobby Lashley look weak. Unless it's just like a squash match, which would certainly kill Lashley's momentum. But I don't think they're going to do that. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I I, I would guess there's a finish where, uh, I don't know, somebody interferes or something. I, I, I'm not sure. But I think they'll find a way to protect Lashley. And once this is over, they can put in with somebody else and The OC of AJ Styles and the returning Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, still currently the IWGP Neverweight Open champion, uh, will take on the judgment day of Finn Balor, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio in a six-man tag team match. Um, First of all, four of the men in this match are over 40. Just just want (laughs) to put that out there. And Doc Gallows is 38. He's no spring chicken. And Dominic Mysterio is Dominic Mysterio. No, he's... Doc Gallows, like, he came around, like, super young. But he's always looked old. Like, when he was Festus, he was... He's always looked older because he's always been bald. Yeah, like, for his Festus character, he was only, like, 25, 26 there. But obviously, he looked like he was in his mid-30s. I'm sure this will be fine, but I also don't care about any, any of this. And I expect this at best will be like a three star special. Uh, probably. Yeah, so I'm thinking, um, you know, they, they, they'll see since coming back haven't been bad at all. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like that compelled about the match. I don't know. I will, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be all fine. I was, all I will say is this if, uh, if Carl Anderson was like cashing in those checks during that last kind of little run in, in new Japan there. Um, and had probably one of the worst Hiroshi Tanahashi matches in like the last 10 years. I can't say I'm particularly compelled for Carl Anderson in WWE in 2022. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that whole never title situation is just really weird. It's it's interesting dropping to Russell Kingdom. I think that's the story and why they didn't vacate have vacated the title. It it's interesting um just in the in the the kind of way you look at it that like you've got this going on with Kyle Anderson and New Japan. You had the announcement that Shinsuke Nakamura is going back over to Japan to fucking yeah. wrestle the great Muta in Noah. <laughs> um yeah. now I didn't actually look into the 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 like how that was set up i i don't know if you've um had to write or read anything about that and i just want i'm curious if there's anything more to it because i don't know how that came together from what i understand the i think sunny ono contacted triple h and i think that's how they negotiated 
uh, I think I think there was a thing with uh, Nova where they wanted to make sure that AEW was cool with it because they didn't want to ruin their relationship with AEW because they and WWE right now are kind of you know kind of at odds and wait what relationship think, did AEW Noah have? I think it's more like with DDT and because they're both oh Cyberfight right okay yeah Cyberfight so I mean they they had, you know Kanosuke Takeshita. Should be coming back soon and should be like, yeah, yeah, star. yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think they want to smooth all that over. So, those are the things that kind of heard. Uh, at least those are the reports. But, yeah, I, I think it's a story of Nakamura wanted to do it and he pitched it to the Vince regime and they didn't want it. They didn't want it to happen, so it didn't happen. And then when the regime changed, he pitched it to Triple H's regime and they were fine. I guess they were fine with it. So I guess it's, I guess it's happening. I wonder, um, I, I'm just going to put this out there. I wonder if there's like some sort of arrangement that Nakamura can do this match, but great Muta has to go into the WWE hall of fame fame. Or I was thinking Royal Rumble, but also hall of fame. I, I think it would be cool if Muta at least has one match in WWE. I think it's really weird that he never had a WWE match even once. Yeah, I guess that is. I guess that is interesting. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess Muda would go to the Royal Rumble, and uh, I don't know. I don't even know how physically in shape. I don't like the idea of 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 Muda having to be knocked over the uh, the ropes. Like, like if that's the case, he goes to the apron or something, and somebody knocks him off. I guess they could do that. You run into an Iron Sheik Battle Royale uh, conundrum there. So yeah, he can't win the Royal Rumble. He's not going to WrestleMania. I, I don't think. <laughs> hey, do you know I what? Don't think I think it's the Great Muda versus Roman Reigns. I wouldn't put him past him to pitch that. Just saying. Yeah. Speaking of Roman Reigns, uh, he will be defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against, of all people, Logan Paul. <laughs> Now, look, Logan Paul, like since he uh, showed up at uh, WrestleMania this year, he's been totally fine. I I think that, you know, he's actually he is one of those kind of like damning indictments of the performance center is like, look, here's (laughs) this prick who's come from this other world, who's come in and completely shown up like at least half of all of your performance center trainees. I'm not going to name names, but there have been people in that performance center who have been wrestling for years and have been called up and are still like not there. Hi, Mandy but Rose. Yet, I'm going to say it, Mandy Rose. Uh, that, that wasn't who I was thinking of. Oh well, well there you go. There's she, one. She, 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 she's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's like Logan Paul's been doing has had like two matches and they've both been really good. <laughs> not, not not really good, but like way Did better you, than I was expecting. Yeah, the, the Miz decent. match was was really good. Yep. So I, I mean. Yeah, they, what does they, that say about the performance center? They do still run into the issue that he's naturally just a heel. Like he naturally yeah, they, 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 a... they they want him so desperately to be a babyface, but he's not a babyface. He's Yeah, he's naturally a gobshot. So both of those Paul brothers are naturally heels. Yeah. So I don't know why they keep doing it. Well, I, I think um it comes a lot into people are booking these types of people not actually knowing anything about who they are, yeah. but just knowing that they're big, big deals and they have large social media followings. That's it. That's, That's what they think. They think they think because they have large social media social media followings that you know, that they're naturally baby faces. They're not. 
nobody likes them because of because of their presence on social media and, and things they've done in the past. Uh, the whole point of Jake Paul and why there's interest there is because people want to see Jake Paul get knocked out. Yeah. The problem is he keeps bringing in people who are past their prime or are not really boxers. I mean, and look, it's smart. The man knows his game. Smart. He knows what he's doing. He's making a lot of money. Yeah. He's very smart. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people thought Anderson Silva had a chance. And, you know, if this was like 15 years ago, he would probably lose big time. But Anderson Silva has never been the same since that uh, that really serious leg injury. Yeah, yeah. But you He's know what? I bet I bet he didn't give a shit. I bet he very much enjoyed no. the payday and no. you know that the entire thing. The entire point here is to get a giant payday. Yeah. Uh, with these celebrity fights, and if they win, cool. If they don't win, that's fine. They're getting paid. That's a story. So I, I've seen people genuinely say that Logan Paul should win this match. And I don't know what these people are smoking, but uh, I, it must be good to be coming up with ideas like that. Just saying. Uh, he should not win. What would what would be the point? I I, I don't know. What, what what would that mean for us, Mania? Would Logan but, Paul face The Rock? <laughs> the, the, the Rock match? All right. The Rock is not happening. That match Man, is not crazy. happening. The match for WrestleMania should be Cody and Roman Reigns. Yeah, I know. But I've been I, saying I that for like nine months. Yeah. And if it isn't... Cody, um, Cody should be ready by January. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed. I did read about like his um, uh, rehab and not fun. Not fun at all. No, by the sounds rehab of it, is so. not fun for a no. torn pectoral muscle, I would imagine. Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I'd, I'd want to go through that. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll stick around North America, Bound for Glory. Uh, all right, so <laughs> you kind of buried the lead on this one. Um, so I'm just <sighs> going to jump over to you first because I feel like we're going to have some some differing takes on this show. Well, so I'm, I'm just going to start with we, you, Brian. We are because I didn't watch it. Oh, Here's the right. problem. Okay, okay. Here's the problem with TNA lately, Impact. <laughs> are you going to cut a promo, Brian? Is this what's happening right now? Yes. All I mean, right. I, okay. I, I don't. I I've been very quiet about it because I don't want Garrett to be upset. I like Garrett a lot, but running your shows live on Fridays at five p.m. my time against SmackDown against Rampage. SmackDown and Rampage are shows people watch. That's where they're going to tweet. That's where they're going to pay attention to. The idea that people will later go back to watch Bound for Glory is a fallacy. That's not going to happen. I have not. I've heard Bound for Glory was great. I've heard there are a few great matches. That's great. I, I you know, Impact is I think a lot better than it was a few years ago. I think there's some great talent. Josh Alexander, I, I like a lot. But I am not going to go back and watch a show that's airing live on Friday head-to-head against SmackDown and Rampage, which are very important shows that people watch. SmackDown is live on Fox. Uh, Rampage is uh, sometimes live on TNT. Let's be honest, Brian. No one's watching Rampage at the moment. Still way more than than Mouth for Glory. Uh, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Grading on Uh, that curve, yes. Yeah, on that curve, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I cannot pay attention to shows that are going head-to-head on Fridays. I have no idea why they are doing this. 
This is not going to bring them any attention at all, especially for your biggest show of the year. I'm sorry, but if I'm not paying attention, do you think somebody who has the free time to watch all this is going to pay attention? No. I am sorry, but this is one of the worst ideas I've heard in a long time. There are plenty of free Saturdays where they can air their shows. There's plenty of free Sundays where they can do TV the next day. I have zero idea why they are doing this, and they are doing this for future shows. And those are also shows I am not going to watch. I have FPS Bully Ray, I think, is one of the worst things they can do to bring it in. One of the worst people they can bring in. I have I have just one theory to to play devil's advocate. I have one theory for why they might be trying this approach and this strategy. And it's probably way off from what they're actually trying to do, or it's the right what they are actually doing is a terrible idea. But I'm wondering if the strategy is that if they're on at the same time as Rampage and SmackDown, and people are online on Twitter or you know whatever else, something else that Elon Musk doesn't own, um, that people are tweeting and they're talking about these shows. And if there are other people that are watching uh, Bound for Glory or whatever uh, other Impact show, that they are tweeting about it, that it might catch their attention and go, oh, hey, there's that impact show I should go and watch. Oh, people saying this is really good. I should go and watch that. That is the only thing I can think of, um, which again, I think is a terrible idea. They should probably just do a fucking show on a day where, you know, other stuff isn't on. But like for me, because the thing like for, for from my uh, perspective is that because obviously, you know, most North American wrestling, I don't watch live because, you know, most North American wrestling is happening at a time that I am fast asleep. I'm in my mid-30s now, need that sleep. Um, I, it doesn't really affect me because I can just wake up in the morning and if I see Rampage, nothing of it. Nope. All right, fine. I can bin that. Smackdown, nine times out of ten, nothing of note. I can bin that. Now for Glory, hey, you should go watch the main event, watch the, the knockout championship championship match in this match cool right so of the three things i'm gonna go watch bound for glory and so i wonder even if there's some aspect to this where they're thinking about like the international market as well because let's be honest the north america market for impact is pretty much a bust at this point and in fairness when it comes to like their pay-per-view um uh purchases like they've always not even scraped like a percent of their overall like market share of of, you know people actually watching the show they've never been able to sell pay-per-views and convert those people watching into buys in a way that aew and one of the reasons that aew has been successful is they were immediately able to uh, get about 10 percent of their viewing audience to actually buy the pay-per-views and it's just something tna and impact have never been able to do so I'm guessing they're just trying different things out to see if they can convert some people from different aspects into buys. Again, it's a terrible fucking strategy. And if they're still doing it, and I, from what I understand, I think Bound for Glory was like fairly successful in the kind of grand scheme of, of impact pay-per-views. But yeah, like, I mean, I imagine for you and for, you know, other people in North America, it's it, the scheduling is just horrendous. Um, it's not good. No. Like I like maybe there's something to that. But at the same time it's like if I'm not watching something live, there is a very little chance I'm going to go back and, and watch something that's taped or you know that's going head to head with a bunch of other shows that are way more important to cover. Which I mean is is one of the 
damning indictments of, of impact. I, I mean, as much as they're doing fine, as much great wrestling that they they have, it's, it's just, there's a, only so much time. There's only so much things we can cover an impact. It's, it's kind of like at the wayside. It's like there with NWA and with the, these other promotions that kind of have name value, but we can't cover to the extent that we, we can, because there, there's just so much other news and other stuff going on. It's, it's like, it, you know, impact is, is, probably never going to close down because they have a parent company that's that's right or die with them i mean they 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 bought an entire network so they could put impact on there but um it's just never going to be to a point where we could cover impact like we cover AEW or wwe because it's just stuff is happening and sometimes there's news sometimes there isn't you know, it's it's not an important show, and when you're going head to head with important shows, you're gonna feel at least even more or less important than you were if you just ran unopposed on a Saturday. So maybe I'm missing something about international things and you know, like stuff you mentioned. But to me, it's like I have no idea why they're they're doing this, and there has to be something better than even like a matinee show. I think at least that people would be paying attention to it but no they're going head to head live and just doesn't make any sense to me i hey i i can't argue with any of that um what i will say though is that there was some very good wrestling on on this I, show I heard. um i will say that frankie kazarian and mike bailey in the opener for the x division title was a, an excellent singles match continuing mike bailey's very impressive 2022 certainly one of the standout wrestlers of the year um I, while i think that there's absolutely something um to be said for doing a uh, a short-term program between frankie kazarian and josh alexander for the world title um I think that you can get there without cutting the knees off of Mike Bailey, um, who had been having a, a you know a super um, a super run here as X Division champion, was uh, homing in on Christopher Daniels' um, uh, most like uh, record for most defenses of a title run, and it felt like that they kept that they had brought that up a number of times recently that would have made you thought that hey maybe they're going to bring Daniels in and. Maybe they'll they'll do that for for Bailey to uh, to beat you know Daniel's record, but they didn't. They end up with going Kazarian to win the X Division title, then who immediately cashed it in, which does bring up the question. Then is like, how the fuck does that work? The X Division title, if you own it, you can just cash it I immediately. Think if you if you own if you win the title, there's always an option. I think it's called option C, to where they cash in and they get a title match. You know, whenever. But why wouldn't every X Division champion immediately just cash it in for a world title shot? Good question. Yeah. Know. So there are a number of issues that I had outside of the fact that this was an enjoyable match. Um, Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace had a fucking tremendous match for the Knockouts title. One of the best North American uh, women's matches I've seen this year. Um, Jordan Grace has had just an unbelievable transformation just in terms of a body uh, alone. Like she has had a physical transformation. Her and Gresham must be in the fucking gym every day because like she just looks incredible. She looks like a star. Um, and 
you know, I I like I'm clamoring for her to be in, say, like uh, the five star Grand Prix tournament next year or just, you know, for her to have just a bigger kind of stage because uh, she was tremendous in this match. I've not seen much of Masha, Masha Slamovich before, but I thought she held up her own here. Um, and it's I guess it's interesting, like her and um, uh, Ilya Dragunov, like the part a part of their gimmick at the moment, or part of their gimmicks have always been the fact that they're from Russia, and you see a lot of the, the kind of colors and the the theme songs and the iconography that come across in their uh, in their presentation. And with Dragunov, they've clearly reeled back from that quite a lot in the past nine months or so. But with Slamovich, like you know, you can still very much tell, you know. The, the, her, she is Russian and that is part of her character and that is not kind of played down at all but it's not something that's also brought up in any degrees that would be done in like a tasteless fashion it's like hey she's from Russia there you go it's part of the character and that's probably like the best approach to doing it is like hey she's from Russia but you know no more is made of it that from besides that uh but these two are just you know really working hard really just good stuff um and where AEW have been super lackluster in terms of their women's uh, showcase this year, like in terms of the matches and whatnot. There's a chance that Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter could uh, could pull like a really strong match out. At, at, I, think, um, I think that could be a pretty strong match. What's the show? It's Full Gear. I was Full saying, for some, for some reason, All Gear I, I, was I, in my head there for a I second. Can, I can remember the three other shows, but for some reason, Full Gear is like doesn't immediately come to me. Yeah, Weird. it's not exactly the most kind of catchy name. Um, no. And then the main event, Eddie Edwards and Josh Alexander beat the shit out of each other. This was like uh, proper like Noah fucking strong style, super physical match um, that, you know, like Eddie Edwards, clearly, you know, he's physically, he's quite banged up. He's He's wrestled a very hard style for the past yeah. 15 years or so. Um, the look in his presentation is not exactly what I would call Major League. He's probably like the best wrestler with the worst physical presentation um, kind of going today. But like when the bell rings, the man can still go. The man still delivers. And this was probably like the best match Alexander's had yet in this title reign and really like cemented him as like this guy who can just go with any wrestler, do any style and uh, just, you know, um, really just kind of right in the wrongs of last year with him being Christian Cage and then Moose coming down to, to cash him, whatever gimmick that he had at the time. So really, really good, really strong stuff. Yes, uh, Bully Ray is now the number one contender and they're doing a thing there. And look, if, there's a very big if, if we do just a short one, two-month program here, Billy Ray comes in. It helps to legitimize Josh Alexander. And, and I see you mouthing and I know it probably won't be and whatever else, but if it is just that, then, Hey, fuck it. Have Josh, Josh Alexander. He can be a formal TNA world champion. Gives him a little bit more credibility. I'm all for it. We'll see if that's what happens. He just did such a great job with Flip Gordon. I have all the faith in the world. <laughs> Look, that's look, gonna happen. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. If I'm gonna pick between Flip Gordon and Josh Alexander, I'm <laughs> putting my money on Josh every time. <laughs> that's, that's a that is a. I, I would choose Josh Alexander as well. Yeah. 
let us bounce over to New Japan. And uh, several weeks after the shows took place, we finally had those Royal Quest uh, events come to VOD. And uh, I'll first jump over to you, Brian, if you actually had a chance to watch anything from either of these shows. I did. I made sure to watch uh, FTR versus uh, Aussie Open. And incredible match. Uh, FTR is without a doubt the tag team of the year. Um, Aussie Open are, are excellent. You know, the, the thing with Aussie Open is every time I see them, I'm like, they are very tall. Well, they why are. Didn't, <laughs> why didn't WWE, like, look at them? I guess it was because of COVID and all that, but, like, they should be, like, an NXT right now. Yeah, not, I mean... They're, they're better than NXT tag teams by, by me. Like, they should... I would be surprised if they didn't try to get into WWE soon. Yeah, I think it was a combination of um, COVID, as you mentioned, but also uh, Mark Davis blew his knee out. Um, oh. I want to say in like 2018 or 2019, like he was out for about a year or so, uh, which is during that time that Cole Fletcher decided to fucking bulk up significantly. Yeah. If you look at the way he looks before to how he looks now. I, um, I did see him before and he's like, yeah he's the transformation is ridiculous also like mark davies uh i think he's in his mid-30s like there's about a 10-year age gap between the two of them now to be honest again as we just mentioned there um like one of the matches on this this fucking crowd jaw card has four people over the age of 40 so i don't think they're going to be too scared about um about Mark Davies being in his mid-30s. But yeah, look, everything about them, their look and whatnot, kind of screams WWE. But I also get the sense with Aussie Open, um, I don't think they care that much about going to WWE. I think that... Uh, now, this might just be, you know, kayfabe and whatnot, but even Kevin Kelly was saying on the Royal Quest show about that, you know, like the end goal for them was was New Japan and, you know, they're the, the New Japan Open Strong, well, they were the New Japan Open Strong Tag Team Champions. Um, they're finally coming in, you know, proper onto, uh, onto like the proper New Japan shows and they're really starting to make their presence known there. And I feel like that's kind of always been the end goal for them. Um, and, and I think that's something that you're going to see more often now that, certainly with like younger wrestlers just because they've been able to be exposed to more wrestling that isn't WWE and while WWE obviously still is the biggest game in town it's by no means the most influential or the one that has the biggest like real estate in terms of consumption of people that watch wrestling and then get into wrestling and you know if fucking Cole Fletcher is what 25 26 now he's had 10 years of like new japan at this point being way more readily available than it was in like the mid to uh the the early part of the, the century and the 90s and whatnot so if he wanted to get into to new japan like his consumption of that and like his access to that is way more readily available and obviously with the declining quality and whatnot of wwe over the last few years um while obviously the money is going to be the 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 biggest thing depending on who you are hey look if you can go and have like all these fucking ridiculous matches against the likes of ftr um and whatnot and and you know like they fucking wrestled the the briscoes uh a few yeah, days ago yeah, yeah, in yeah. house of glory yeah. so i i i fully get it i fully get why they might be like you know maybe wwe have been in uh, have, have contacted them and they went <laughs> now nah, we're good mate but anyway, this match was tremendous. Entirely possible. It was a it was a very great match. Uh, 
there's blood. It was, it was very dramatic. It reminded me a lot of the Briscoes and FCR match from Supercard of Honor. Uh, I think that match was better, but like not by much. <laughs> like this was a really excellent match, and this is one of the matches like I gave five stars to. It was just uh, really, 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 really good stuff. Um, uh, Aussie Open should win the tournament that I think is going to take place next month. If they aren't in, I'm going to be stunned. <laughs> that uh, they, would they be surprising, be. wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. And really, the match at Russell Kingdom should be FTR and Aussie Open, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if FTR are going, are going to be champions by then. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, because like FTR, they're coming in for the Osaka show, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, I could see them winning that match and then them doing Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it depends because when is Wrestle Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom is on like a Wednesday this year. Is it? Yeah, it's on a Wednesday. It's on a Wednesday. Right. So obviously, the issue that you run into there is is dynamite. Um, but I mean, also, I mean, FTR aren't there every week. I was going to say FTR have not been on for the last six months, and and fucking Dax Harwood made a point of that in his promo. So I'm pretty sure they can miss a week. The post match promo, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, they, they don't have to be on that week's dynamite. I think it's in like Seattle or something. But yeah. yeah. Now I will say this: I feel like um, Aussie Open, they have the tendency, and I've seen this in quite a few matches of theirs with different opponents, where they get a little bit overindulgent, where they can get a little bit too, they can throw just a little bit too much in. Um, and there are times when I'm like, all right, I'm good for this match to end now. This could have ended five minutes ago. So I, I feel like there is just a little bit of that where they need to kind of reel it back in, but I'm talking like a smidgen because yeah. um, I'm certainly not knocking them for their efforts and like their ability to go all out because they certainly do. But it's, I sound like an old man, but it is kind of like a, you, you <laughs> could do like, a, you could cut a third of the shit that you're doing out and your matches are still going to be as impactful. But, um, you know, if they're the sorts of complaints that you have, they're the sorts of complaints you want to have, not, hey, fucking do more because you're boring me to tears. So, um, yeah. Uh, the other thing of note from uh, Tag 2 or Night 2, uh, Tomohiro Ishii took on Yota Suji, who was... I can't remember who the original uh, matchup for, for Ishii was against. I know whoever it was couldn't get oh, in. Oh, God. Oh. Maybe uh, it was Jonah. Juice. Was it, it was Jonah. Right, it was, Jonah. Yes, it was Jonah. He couldn't get him. Yeah. Uh, so they had Yotosuji, who's obviously in excursion in the UK at the moment. And I thought this was like a fucking coming out party for Yotosuji, who I haven't seen much of. Um, but like between this match with Yotosuji and the Renderita match on the 15th um, in the uh, the uh, first round of the te- television title. Uh, first of all, Tom Ishii, one of the greatest of all time, goes without saying. I'm going to vote for him in the Observer Awards uh, Hall of Fame every year until he gets in. Look, if there is any one man who deserves to get in purely on work rate alone, yes, it's Tomohiro Ishii. Just fucking like every almost, day. He's like almost fifty, and he's still like unbelievable uh, among the best workers in, in the in the world. And not it's, only that, he's awesome. now bringing up like the next generation, bringing them up yeah. to the next level, and having these types of matches. And like Yotosuji, there's obviously there's a little bit of. Ishii in there, there's a little bit of Goto in there, like so he's that kind of next generation of that. The Ren Narita match, obviously Narita is just fucking cosplaying Shibata, but fuck it. Like I mean why not? It's a good person to cosplay. Yeah. Uh so this is just good stuff. Good stuff all around. Um 
while obviously the the tag match from night one is um, the match to go and check out, I would definitely say check out this match from night two as well. And uh, just that kind of, just a casual reminder that Tomohiro Ishii, one of the best in the world. Sure is. Uh, anything else from this month that you want to kind of bring up before we, uh, uh... we start to close this out? Did you watch the, the, the Triple Mania show? I did. And it right. was a really great show. In fact, you're going to be surprised who I picked for promotion of the month. Um, I only watched I only watched the last two matches on this. So if there's anything else on the show, please do let me know. No, about the, it. I mean, this was the last two matches. Okay, okay. <laughs> Those are the only two things uh, to talk about. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Vikingo and Phoenix, they had an excellent match. Just one really cool move after the other crowd was super into it uh vikingo is amazing even more amazing than ray phoenix who's one of the best wrestlers in the world so i i mean once he gets going and once he comes to america and just has all these great matches i mean he's gonna his profile's gonna skyrocket he's like right up there with bandito and um phoenix and pentagon jr just really 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 good um i gave this five stars i i thought it was uh one of the better matches of the year just really cool and innovative moves uh that's the kind of match i like and vikingo is very good at doing that and of course ray phoenix uh held up his own and did cool stuff as well and definitely a match worth watching if you haven't yet that's really really cool and uh pentagon jr faced viano four in the mask versus mask match and this didn't have a lot of cool moves, but they just beat the crap out of each other for a long time. It was very stiff. It was very emotional, you know, with these kinds of mask matches where, you know, somebody who's been wrestling for like 30, 40 years under a mask and then it's, it's, it's over. Um, always very emotional, especially in the post-match uh, where Viano Ford did a mask and he looks like a... 50 60 year old man with a lot of gig marks um as a man who's lived a hard life yeah very hard life uh viano four has lived and uh yeah very cool very dramatic very emotional and that that's that's the crux of uh that match and that it was very cool a very good match and uh not as good as uh vikingo and phoenix but it was a very good main event yeah, I think I went, um, what did I go? I went four and a half on Vikingo and Phoenix. The thing with me and that match and really the show as a whole that I watched of it, um, I watched the the uh, the English uh, version of this. Yeah. And Triple R's English production is utterly diabolical because yeah. all they do is they turn down the main Spanish feed yeah. and then have the commentators that, that, talk that. over. Which is just unacceptable. I like the commentary, but the problem is the production. Yeah. They are talking over all the production issues. There's a lot of production issues on that show too, which is is on every AAA show, which brings it down a notch. But they got rid of Matt Stryker, which I thought was a plus because Matt Stryker was not great at all. Uh, they brought in uh, to uh, uh, Larry Dallas and I forget the other guy's name. Who who did a good job? So I I feel bad. I, I don't have his name immediately, but um, they did a good job. The problem is that 
it was so loud that you could not hear the crowd, which is one of the most important things of a wrestling show is, is the crowd and how they react. And that hurt the show. I, I had to switch to the Smash language feed uh, halfway through the show because it's, it's not that the announcing is bad, but the production is. And because the thing I is, well, switch it. if there's any like type of any language of commentary in wrestling or just in general that you don't want to have to be talking over, it's Spanish commentary because they do yeah. not shut the fuck up and they go and they go <laughs> and they're loud and yeah. they're passionate. And, you know, fucking uh, whatever guy is screaming, brutal, brutal, every two seconds. And it's amazing, and I love it. But you cannot be talking over it. It's Hugo, of course it is. You you just cannot do that. So, like, for the love of God, I don't know why uh, in 2022, Triple R are having these problems when it comes to, like, their production. They need to fix it. It's been been a while. I remember... Watching other Triple Mania shows of, of, of years before, and there's always giant production issues, and they've never been able to get it. I don't, I don't know why, but like, are they, are they flying in, Larry <coughs> and the other guy? Like, because I, I feel like the issue is they're probably not flying the commentators they, in. They did not fly in for this show. Uh, they right. were, they showed them actually in the, uh, at their houses, and they didn't even know. They, they asked if are we on TV and you gotta go like yeah. They, they had even, no idea. Even Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton, when they were doing <laughs> um the commentary from their houses for the New Japan shows, like during the thick of the pandemic, even they, while they didn't sound as good as obviously being there live, they still like were serviceable and you know, we were in the yeah. thick of trying to figure this shit out. We're like way past Obviously, we're still in a pandemic, but we're way past that part of the pandemic. So why? Why can you guys not figure this out? And it, uh, it, so it's actively, like it actively ruined my enjoyment of this show because yeah. of that. And that's that's never good. You never want that. <coughs> no, but um, I was I switched to the Spanish language feed for the last two matches at least, and that helped. That did help. Anyway, that's it. Um, I've uh, <laughs> I've burnt myself out now, so um, yeah, my, my we're gonna voice go in- is going. Yeah, we're gonna go into the the last kind of section of uh, this show. As always, we'll go through our wrestler, our match, and our promotion of the month. Brian, I'm gonna start with you. Who's your wrestler for the month of October 2022? Let me see. I wrote it down. Well, actually, I did not write down the wrestler of the month because I had trouble with that. Um, <laughs> who to go with oh i can't think of anybody who, who are you who, who are you going with but you know what there's no one actually that stands out in I, no fuck it yeah. tommy or ishii i you know i just picked yeah, him sure. up there it's gonna have to be ishii sure i'll go with him <laughs> he's great any month with ishii wrestling i mean it, he's he's has to be up there yeah, I, I just, didn't again, watch the match with Ren Narita, but I heard, I heard really good things. And oh, the fact that I'm probably going to go watch that after this. It's it's honestly, it's like I've been teleported back to 2013 and I'm watching fucking Shibata and Ishii in the G1. It's it's oh. like that. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely go and check that out. Uh, just, okay. yeah. Um, if you needed, again, if you needed any more kind of like validation for why you should vote for Ishii in the Hall of Fame, just, just go watch these two matches. 
definitely. Uh, you should. <laughs> Everybody should vote in Tomohiro Ishii for uh, the Observer Hall of Fame. No reason for for him not to go in. <laughs> uh, your match of October. Uh, it's a tie because they both gave them both five stars, and it's FTR Rizazi Open from a uh, New Japan uh, Royal Quest Two, and Phoenix versus Vikingo from uh, Triple Mania. Both excellent matches in very different ways. Um, FTR Nazi Open was like a really good, dramatic tag team match. Phoenix and Vikingo is just an off-the-walls, like every crazy move you can think of kind of match. And both of them were excellent in doing that. So it's a tie. I can't choose between one or the other. So I want to go with those two. No, I get it. They're, they're two great matches, and um, having to pick between them, it's it's a real Sophie's choice. So that's that's yeah. entirely fair. Uh, I will go just straight up with FTR and Aussie Open. Um, I think it did suffer a little bit from uh, because of the fact how long it was between when the show happened and when it went like was available on VOD. There was about a two week period where people were saying like, oh my God, this match is like one of the matches of the year. You have to watch it, blah, blah, blah. So I think it, it, through no fault of its own, had a little bit of that. It couldn't meet the anticipation and the expectation that was set, but it's still a tremendous match. It's still one of the you know strong matches of the year. Um, if you're saying that it's only just a shade below FTR and Briscoe's, you're still in pretty good company, let's be honest. Yeah. So definitely that. Um, but I will say I will give a shout out as well to um, Eddie Edwards and Josh Alexander from uh, Bound yeah. for Glory as well. Um, definitely, if nothing else, uh, that main event is is worth checking out. And uh, yeah, your promotion of the month, and I already see what you've got here, Brian. And it's kind of wild because I'm pretty sure this will be the first time they're going to get that that shout out. Yeah, Triple A. Because I, you know, I'm thinking about it, and it's like. This is always a hard one to do because it's so easy just to go, well, you know, AEW had the best TV show of, of the month, so I'm going to go with them. But uh, I, I just I don't like picking AEW every month. You know, WWE's okay at best. Um, New Japan, you know, if I had more time, maybe they would win. But it's like I... I already have so much to watch and they are running so many shows and a lot of them aren't like worth tuning in and going out of my way to watch at like three in the morning. So I usually stick to the big shows for new Japan. Like they have a big show, you know, and I think in actually, yeah, on the same day as a crown jewel. So I'll, I'll watch that. Actually, probably, I probably won't because I have to get up and, uh, and, uh, uh, do the report on a crown jewel. So I have to be up at like eight in the morning, which is not fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Triple A. I mean, I liked all three Triple Mania shows. Uh, just not everything was like coherent, and kind most of us kind of came off like a car crash at times. But there's some good wrestling there, and uh, this last show was the best among the three, and those top two matches were really, really, really good. So I felt. You know what? I'm going to do something different, and I'll go with AAA because I'm not sure the next time I'm going to pick AAA for a maybe for another year. So I'll, I'll go with them. 
I'll, uh, I'm going to be fairly boring, but I, I will have to go with New Japan. Um, but it's also, okay. it's not really just like New Japan in the traditional sense. It's kind of like overall, because they've really had a, a global footprint over the course of October um, as they've yeah. popped up in uh, in the UK. They've obviously had their shows in Japan and they've had uh, the US shows. They had the, the shows in New York as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, across the board, like again, the, the Royal Quest was solid shows. Um, yeah. the, uh, declaration of power was a fairly decent event. I thought Okada and Jonah had a great follow-up to their G1 match. Um, I think I enjoyed Jay White and Tamatonga more than most. I, I went four stars I liked that match. I yeah. did like that match. I thought that, that was, that's a, a, the match I remember from the show and I thought that was really good. Um, and even like, uh, in New Japan Strong, uh, I, Ren Narita and Juice Robinson actually had a, a no disqualification match, uh, that, you know, Ren Narita actually had a really strong October. So just across the board, like New Japan kind of popping up all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I will go with New Japan and be okay. very boring with my pick. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to people for listening. Um, if we have a video version of this, in whatever degree, thank you very much for watching the video as well. Um, as always, you can find um, this through the link to the card, link to the cast feed, uh, through your podcasting platform of choice. Um, as always, I am at Lithium Project. He is at BR Twenty Six. Uh, thank you very much for watching the wrap up, and we will see you again next month. Bye. Bye.